Baylor and Oklahoma are the two heavyweights out of the Big 12 this season. Which team is better, and who's got the best chance to win the league? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Baylor and happy first day back to class for all the Bears out there. If you're listening to today's podcast on your way to class, I'm sorry that school is back in and summer is over, but I'm sure you'll have a blast. And if you're not walking to class today, then think of me. Yes, me walking to my earthquakes and natural disasters class, the BSB across campus in the pouring rain. Just picture that. So I want to thank you for making Locked on Baylor your first listen every single day and tell you about a special new edition of Locked On Baylor and the Locked On Podcast Network doing the ultimate college football preview. So we're going host to host around college football and finding out who's got the best stuff going into this next season and which teams will be premier in college football. What it started with was a conversation about the best two teams in the Big 12. Myself with Locked On Baylor and John Williams with Locked On Oklahoma for a debate on which squad is going to beat the other this season and which one's going to win the Big 12 championship, if either. So we now take you to the special edition, Baylor versus Oklahoma in the preseason of Locked On's Ultimate College Football Preview. The Ultimate College Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. I guess that's a great point, but also your head coach says 0% winning percentage. So I think this is going to be maybe one of the craziest years. Is Texas back? No, Texas is not back. Welcome to the College Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. This seven-episode series will take you through all of the Power Five conferences, the national championship conversation, and the players you need to know across the Heisman and NFL draft landscape. Each episode will feature our locked-on local experts who cover each of the biggest teams around college football every Monday through Friday. We'll also be joined by betting expert Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets to help you set the edge and rake in the cash this college football season. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, daily host of the Locked On Auburn podcast. But for this series, I will be your guide as we visit with over 30 different experts to get you ready for the season ahead. Today, we're kicking off with the Big 12. Realignment has been the topic of conversation this offseason. But before the Sooners head to the SEC, they'd love to dethrone Baylor on the way out. We'll start with the conference favorites, the Oklahoma Sooners and the Baylor Bears. The Sooners may be on the way to the SEC, but there's no doubt they'd love to carry a Big 12 championship out the door. But Baylor may have the best coach in the conference looking to sick them. John Williams of Locked On Sooners and Drake Toll of Locked On Baylor gives you everything you need to know about the Oklahoma Sooners and the Baylor Bears every Monday through Friday. John, we'll start with the Sooners here. Why is it Oklahoma's year? This is a reinvigorated team with a reinvigorated fan base excited to start the Brent Venables era off right. They had a ton of turnover from the transfer portal to the NFL from the 2021 team, but they filled all those holes with experienced transfer additions from the Pac-12, from the AAC. They've got a lot of guys with a lot of experience coming in that are going to fill some of those roles 
in addition to the talent that they already had on the depth chart. So Oklahoma is looking strong heading into 2022. Drake Toll, same question. Why is it Baylor's year going into 2022? Well, first and foremost, it only feels right that the team that won the Big 12 championship should have their host on the top of the screen. So I think there's already a little there and should be I mean, asked the question first. But the, right. In both the preseason polls, so below Oklahoma. So uh, that's right. I guess that's a great point, but also your head coach is a 0% winning percentage. So that's why I have a lot of faith in Baylor as their head coach has a little bit better this season. Also, the guys up front. You look at the, the offensive defensive lines. happened also. It did that a long time. I wasn't even alive for that. But <laughs> the O-line, the D-line for Baylor, that, Zach, that's where I make my bed. I, I, and, and that's Gabe Hall. The Athletic came out and said that Gabe Hall is the biggest freak on Baylor's team. He's not even top five on my list. The fact that there are national brands saying that a guy like Gabe Hall, who I didn't have on my radar as being that guy on their list, shows the depth of this team. Jackson Player on the D-line, Siaki Ika, all those guys combined are like the size of a large whale, like a lot, not even a small whale, like one of the humpback ones. And the offensive line, four of five returners, the, the offensive lineman of the year last year, Connor Galvin's also back. So it'll be the best unit, not just in the Big 12, but top five, top 10 of the country, D-line, O-line, both. And then Blake Shapin has a really high ceiling at quarterback. I think there are a lot of questions about him as there are questions about Dylan Gabriel. But if you got an O-line, if you got a D-line, those two things traveled. And the best two teams in the Big 12 last year, Oklahoma State and Baylor, why were they the best two? O-line, D-line, that's not going to change. John, I think it's interesting that, that Drake talking about this year for the Baylor Bears quickly referred to last year. And really, if you want to look at history, I think recent history, it does point more towards the Sooners. Or does that not matter because it's a new era under Brent Venables? I mean, it matters. The Oklahoma Sooners run the Big 12. That's just the reality of the situation. 14 conference championships since the league was invented back in the mid-90s. This is a team that is the pinnacle of Big 12 Conference football. At the same time, I mean, everything that Drake laid out is true. They've got a great offensive line, a great defensive line. I like Blake Shapin. What they have on the outside, that's the question mark to me. What, who they're going to give the ball to is a big question mark for me. But yes, the Oklahoma Sooners, even though it's a new coach, a new head coach, this is a guy that spent the last 30 years under Bill Snyder, Bob Stoops, and Dabo Sweeney. Did you say under? Three he, legends. Was that was he head coaching any of those? Or Three legends of the sport. Uh, okay, I guess my notes were and wrong. And the, arguably the best defensive coordinator in the country of the last decade. So this is a guy that's got a ton of experience. The assistants that are on his staff, aside from Miguel Chavis, who coaches the defensive ends, and L. Damian Washington, who just took over as the wide receivers coach. It's an experienced staff. So yeah, the guy hasn't coached a game as a head football coach, but he's gotten the best tutelage that one could ask for spending the last 30 years under three guys that eventually Dabo Sweeney will be in the College Football Hall of Fame, but Stoops and, and Dan uh, Bill Snyder are in the College Football Hall of Fame right now. And so he's he's got a great kind of foundation for what it means to be a head coach. And he's done a great job instilling kind of his culture and what he's looking for as an Oklahoma Seniors football program. And he knows what it takes to win. He's done it at, at Clemson, went and challenged the SEC for recruits on an annual basis, has two national championships with Clemson, played in several more with the Oklahoma Sooners, or coached in several more with the Oklahoma Sooners, and then has the 2000 national championship as well. So, yes, no head coaching experience, but he's not a guy that doesn't lack experience. Mm, I love the mention of everyone who's not Brent Venables in saying how good Brent Venables is. 
everyone around Brent Venables and his head coaches have been great. And I do believe he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the nation, but there's such a gap. And Dave Aranda saw it in year one at Baylor, even as one of the premier D coordinators in college football. There's a gap between being the DC and leading an entire roster. So maybe all those coaches historically are great and the resume and the, the references for Brent Venables are awesome, but how does he command a team? Dave Aranda walked in day one and didn't know how to do it. He had to completely revamp and fire guys going into year two because he felt so lost saying that's not going to happen with Brent Venables at a program like OU. OU is a wildly different beast than Baylor. Someone walks into Baylor and it's a quiet, no noise program. OU, the country is watching. And this guy has never had that. Well, and Brent Venables is embracing that. He's like, the standard is the best. Like we're not settling for good. We're looking to go from good to great. He's under, he understands the challenge and what it takes to go into the SEC and to beat some of those teams, beat Alabama in a national championship game twice. So this is a guy that's not afraid of the challenge. He was just waiting for the, the right opportunity. Oklahoma came available at the right time, and it is the right time and the right opportunity for him to take his next step into coaching. And all reports, everything from the players is the system, the culture, the program, is heading down a fantastic road. Everybody is ecstatic. They're loving where they're at. Obviously, he's got to get on the field and he's got to prove it. You know, the first couple of games aren't really going to be litmus tests for this team. But when they go into Lincoln and they play Nebraska on the road for that third non-conference game, that's going to be the true test of what Brent Venables is made of as a head coach. I mean, we've it it matters. He doesn't have the head coaching experience, the game managing experience, when to call timeouts, you know, how to to kind of make those adjustments discuss with the offensive coordinator hey we got to do something a little bit different here like that's going to be a different thing for him but again he's got a great offensive coordinator in jeff levy i mean he's not breaking in rookie well, on that side of the ball great's either. a strong word uh, baylor's pretty familiar with jeff levy themselves and i don't know i think great might be a little too he's okay i mean I, I think jeff levy's pretty good uh yes. to john's credit I, I think i think uh levy levy is solid gonna pause it and hop in here for a second to tell you about bet online i'll tell you this BetOnline.net is the place for where the game starts. Yeah. You're thinking to yourself, that didn't make a lot of sense. I know. I know. You got me there. But I'm telling you, it will when you go look at the, the interface. It's nuts. I am looking already at the lines on Nebraska and Northwestern. My pocketbook is not excited about that, but I am. UTEP plays North Texas. I'm excited about that as well. All that BetOnline.net. Also, lines from Major League Baseball going on right now. Everything across the NFL as well. You're already opening them up from week one. And I I also, Baylor's at seven and a half wins right now. Over under seven and a half. I'm going to go on bet online and put, I like this, this, you see the sign, people on YouTube, you see the sign behind me, the Southwest Conference Championship one? I would bet that sign, Baylor wins over seven and a half games. Yeah, that's how confident I am. But I'm going to do it on betonline.net. They don't have like a thing where you can bet signs. But if they did, I'd do that. Instead, I'll put my uh, you know monetary goods on over seven and a half. And you can too at betonline.net. I'm telling you, just go check it out. Even if you're not a big wager guy, girl, anything, that's all right. Betonline.net is where the game starts. All right, so I'm going to ask both of you this question. We'll start with you, John Williams, Locked On Sooners. If, if things go off the rails and Oklahoma does not win the Big 12 Conference in their final, potentially final year in the conference, what went wrong? Well, to me, injuries, I mean, I think a lot of it is going to be just if the defensive line inexperience gets to them. I like the defensive line talent that they have, 
but they haven't played a ton of snaps. I mean, Reggie Grimes, Ethan Downs, Marcus Stripling on the edge. They've been reserved players for the last several years, sitting behind you know Ronnie Perkins and uh, last year Nick Bonito, Isaiah Thomas. So now these are the guys that we're expecting to take big steps. If they're not able to do that and they can't generate a pass rush, which I think they're going to be able to, if the Alamo Bowl in the spring game was any indication, this edge group is going to be lights out this year. And then the other side, I mean, we're talking about the trenches. Like the other side of it is the offensive line. It was good at times last year. It wasn't to the standard that Oklahoma's used to from their offensive line. They've got to be better. Now, they only returned three of their starters, but they got a big transfer from Cal and McCade and Matower. And then they've got a nice right tackle competition going on with several guys that have a lot of talent. Um, so I think if it, if it goes wrong, it's going to be the offensive line is not as good as we needed it to be. And then the guys on the defensive line don't live up to my expectations, which I think it's going to be a great unit. Sure. Drake Toll, host of Locked On Baylor. If Baylor does not win the the Big 12, what what happened? This has been a, a conversation we've had frequently on my show. It's not the X's and O's necessarily, or even the Jimmy's and Joe's really. It's the schedule. Your toughest games come on the road. You go to Oklahoma. You go to Texas. You've never won in Morgantown. You go to Morgantown. Ames, Iowa. You go to Provo and BYU to Lubbock, and and even if some of those games are winnable games, you flip a schedule that last year all your big ones were at home. That was a big key to 10-2. and two. Now this season, when that flips, it becomes a lot tougher when you're traveling to Austin, playing a Texas team that at that point in the season will have plenty of time to help put things together. So if things don't go Baylor's way this year, it's got to be the schedule. Historically, Baylor's played awful on the road. Even last season, the game at TCU, I think Baylor wins that game at home. You go on the road to a game that doesn't have a ton of fans at it. No one really cares about this football game at TCU. They just fired Gary Patterson, and somehow the Horned Frogs win it because when Baylor heard footsteps, they balked. And if you get that again this season, you're seeing a floor of 7-5 and five for Baylor. They could be a preseason number one team in the Big 12 that finishes 7-5 and five because they lose four games on the road. It's just the nature of how the even year schedule goes for Baylor. And if I'm looking at a, a, a true prediction for the Baylor Bears this season, it's sitting nine and three, which could still get you in the Big 12 championship with a loss to BYU and two losses in conference play. But with this schedule, anybody going nine and three would still like to hang your hat on it. Sure. All right. So you mentioned that tough schedule. Uh, Baylor goes to Oklahoma. As you mentioned, John Williams, host of Locked On Sooners, is that the biggest game on the schedule in the Big 12? I mean, it's one of the biggest games. I mean, you can't ever discount the Red River Showdown. I mean, it doesn't matter if Texas is 5-7 and seven like they were last year. I mean, they got up on Oklahoma big in the first half, up 38-18, and Oklahoma had to mount this furious comeback in the second half. That's one of those games that you always circle on the calendar. It doesn't matter what the records are. I mean, that's cliche, but you literally throw the records out the window. It never matters. But yeah, that Baylor game, when they come to Norman you know, in November, that's going to be huge. But I mean, Oklahoma's got a couple tough tests as well. They got to go to Morgantown. They got to go to Ames as well. And and those are going to be tough games as well. But they've, they've got a favorable schedule. They get Kansas State. They get Baylor. They get Oklahoma State at home. And so it, the schedule works out favorably for Oklahoma. But yeah, it's going to be coming back to can Oklahoma get that one back against Baylor this year that they lost in Waco last year? Yeah, Drake Toll of Locked On Baylor, same question. In your mind, where does this game rank among all the games in the Big 12? Yeah, it's it's not one for me. And the reason why is I've circled, every Baylor fan has circled game one that's going to matter. It's going to be BYU on the road. It's not a Big 12 game right now, but it will be in the future. And that factors so much into this one. You're going to play a game at 8.30 local time 
in front of a gajillion screen. It's one of the toughest places to play in college football. If sure. Baylor loses that game in week two, they find themselves staring down the barrel of seven and five, eight and four. If they win that game, I think they win 10 games, if not more, no matter what. So I don't think across the board, Baylor fans have really talked about the Oklahoma game yet or that Oklahoma's really on the horizon. Another big one is TCU. They've lost now two straight under Dave Aranda to TCU. You get them at home under a first-year head coach. How well can you play against the Horned Frogs? And it's those games that in the past have tripped up Baylor. In 2019, you saw the Bears finish 11-1 and over, over the course of the season where it felt like you got lucky with a few. And then you fast-forward to last year, you lose at TCU where you felt like you should have won. And there's always one of those games that trips up Baylor. Can they win that random home game against the random Big 12 team that they haven't been able to in the past? I think that's what's being circled right now. That's whether or not this team goes 11 and 1 or 12 and 0, which Dave Aranda and company feel like they can do. Right. All right. So, uh John Williams locked on Sooners, does the winner of of this game potentially win the Big 12 or are there so many big games where it's like, and eh, this is just a small part of it? I mean, it's one part of it because it's a deep yeah. conference this year. You talk about Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State. A lot of people are, you know, given the the underdog card to Kansas State. You know, the the sleeping the sleeping dog, the sleeping giant to Kansas State. TCU could be tough. I think West Virginia is going to be better with an actual, you know, good offensive coordinator and a good quarterback if they can keep JT Daniels healthy. And then, I mean, we saw Kansas make incredible strides in Lance Leipold's first year. He was only on the job for a few months when you know he they started the regular season. So it's a deeper conference than I think people are giving it credit for. And I mean, it could very well be you know Oklahoma and Baylor you know meeting again in the Big Twelve championship game. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's you know Baylor and somebody else and Oklahoma and somebody else. I mean, it, I think the conference is just going to be really tough this year. Positioning for the college football playoff is such a big thing that each conference obviously wants to do. Every conference wants to have as much representation in those final four teams as possible. For the Big 12, the winner of the Big 12 to make it to the final four teams, does a team need to be undefeated? Obviously, it depends on other things that are happening. With But with the SEC typically getting two teams in, Clemson's got a cakewalk potentially with the ACC. There's some interesting things happening with the Pac-12. A lot of folks are going to want to put USC in just because of the size of the market. Does the winner of the Big 12, Drake, told, do they do they need to go undefeated? Yes. There, there is no way, I'll say right now, there's no way a Big 12 team makes it to the college football playoff. The reason I say that, I am firmly confident that at least one, probably two of the teams that go to Arlington will have two losses in conference play on their ledger in three or four losses overall. I have seen Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. That's half the league projected in the conference championship game this season. And Zach, I wouldn't be surprised if any one of those five teams are there. I'd say, yeah, no, that, that pretty much checks out. When you have that much depth and parity in this league, I don't see any team getting through at 12-0. and 0. I could see a Baylor team marching into Morgantown at 5-0, and 0, losing that one, and ended up going 10-2 and 2 to a West Virginia squad that goes 6-6 six and six this season. It's just that kind of year and that kind of conference, especially with the new head coaches. So, Zach, I don't think it matters. I think that's a moot conversation because there's no way a Big 12 team makes a college football playoff this year, and the AP voters, they agree with that because your highest-ranked Big 12 team, Ninth. That's five spots out of the playoff in a one-bid conference. There's just not a way, even in the preseason, that the Big 12 gets somebody in. John Williams locked on Sooners. You buying that? I think if they, if it depends on what one loss a team has. 
So say Oklahoma loses to Baylor at home in Norman, but then avenges that loss in the Big 12 championship game. We've seen that. You know, when Oklahoma made the playoffs, you know, several years ago, that was kind of the way it went down is they lost a game, avenged the loss in the Big 12 championship game. I, I don't think they necessarily have to go undefeated because I, I mean, I think the SEC is going to beat up on itself a little bit. The Big Ten will do the same. If there's going to be a conference that gets two in, it's going to be the SEC. I don't think we're going to see a group of five team make it into the college football playoff discussion this year. And USC might, but I'm just not, I'm just not buying it yet with, with USC. A lot of talent for sure, but do sure. they have what, what's necessary in the trenches to you know, combat a team like Oregon or Utah and go through their season unscathed? Because I think they, you know, that's a, a conference where you probably have to go undefeated in order to make it into the college football playoff. In the Big 12, because we're talking about the depth of it, I do think a Big 12 champion with one loss can get through, especially like Baylor. Say they go, you know, they lose that game to BYU, but then they run the table. Yeah. And we, I think we saw it last year with, uh, you know, Ohio State. I mean, they were in college football playoff consideration, even though they had that opening season loss late into the year until, you know, they dropped another one at, at the end. So I think right. a one loss Big 12 team could make it in. Again, so many things have to play out just right for the Big 12, though. Locked on Sooners and Locked on Baylor are available every Monday through Friday, free and available on all podcast apps and, of course, on YouTube. All right, that was it for Baylor and Oklahoma. Which of those teams, I truly think, Baylor's O-line and D-line are just so much better than the Sooners that they're going to win the Big 12 championship or at least do better than Oklahoma does coming into this next season. Now, we'll get into the rest of this week and into next week. Baylor's record, true projections, where I think there'll be uh, plenty of guests on here to tell you the same thing, but I do. I just think Baylor's better than Oklahoma because Brent Venables, I don't know. Will he get Tom Herman syndrome and have all this cocky, stoic, just this this strong vibe to him? And then then it all goes nothing in you. I think it's a possibility, but conversation for a later time. Thanks for watching Lock on Baylor today, and I hope you enjoyed the little debate there. We'll continue with that stuff, and you can find the rest of that show talking to all Big 12 teams in the Locked On channels at Locked On Big 12. Go to YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to Locked On Big 12. You'll see the ultimate college football preview there, but come back tomorrow. I am joining a special edition of Locked On Baylor. It is a crossover with the Bear Den pod. We get together. Three brains over an hour, special edition over an hour tomorrow. We project every game on Baylor's schedule. We also talk about quarterback play. We talk about the, the wide receivers, the offense, the defensive line, anything you can imagine, Baylor football and more. We got it all there. But thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. This has been, I'll say it again, I'll say it always, Locked Baylor students, myself included. Hope you had a great first day or have a great first day, whatever you listen to this, on Baylor. Baylor.